want to make note here because this is important. Uh, we've made significant progress in lowering the prices, uh, gas prices specifically. Prices are down nearly two dollars uh, per gallon and are lower today than they were one year ago today, this very day. So we've seen a slight increase, yes, over the past week due to cold weather uh, that shut down some refineries. But those refineries are coming back online, as some of you have reported. And President will continue to do everything he can to keep lowering costs uh, for American families. That is a, a priority that you hear from him anytime he talks about the economy and, and how he wants to continue to lower costs for Americans. Once these refineries come back online, do you expect the gas prices to come back down? And, and the price of gas when the President came into office was $2.30. I know, but I'm talking about one year ago, and that was one year ago was not when he came into office, right? So, all right, I want to make a note here that even though it's a new year, we're starting off with the same lies and bullcrap that you're being fed from the podium there from Jean Pierre. She has got to be the worst I have ever seen. I mean, this lady lies as easily as she breathes. I don't, I, it's kind of confusing because she has to know people are going to fact check her. I mean, she just has to know that. She doesn't want, I don't know if she just doesn't care or just since the mainstream media is covering for her, but she does look like a moron to at least, at a minimum, half the country, maybe a little bit more than that. You would think that she would give you the straight facts. Right now, the national average for a price a gallon of gas is around $3.26. I mean, that's around where I'm at here in the state of Florida. We don't pay the same taxes that other people pay. So it's about $3.25, $3.26. Yes, that is down from your average a year ago. And they wanted to highlight a year ago, very specific about that, because a year ago was a whopping $3.41. So you are $0.13 cents cheaper on a good day. Maybe in some other states it's a little bit better, but at least here it's about $0.13 cent difference, which... In the big scheme of things, if you got a 20-gallon gas tank, it saves you $2.60. Let me just do a party because that's where, I mean, that's really saving it for the American people. If you're filling up once a week, that means you save $10 this month. In a whole month, it's $10. That's one meal, I think. Uh, but that's probably what, one meal at Burger King or McDonald's? Oh, gee, thanks, Joe. I'm going to feed my whole family on a, a what we can split. A, a whopper into six pieces, uh, count out the fries and divide it up evenly and everybody gets a sip of the soda. So gee, thanks Joe. Yeah. I mean, you're doing such a great job. Unlike 2021, when he took over and the national average for a price of gas was 242. Okay. It, it, it's world's different. Not to mention it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all lies. Anyways. Well, why are the gas prices lower? The reason that the prices were low when Trump was in office was because we were producing the oil for ourselves. We were an exporter of oil. We were energy independent. We drove the prices of oil down. That's why it was low. Joe's is a false number. You're using up our strategic reserve. You're making deals with communist nations. You're begging people over in OPEC from terrorist nations. <laughs> And that's how the gas prices are starting to come down. It will all come crashing to an end eventually. There's only so much oil in the strategic reserve that he's depleting daily. So at some point he has to stop, which means prices will creep up. They've already started to creep up a little bit. They'll go back up. And then the terrorist nations, I mean, I guess if they want to produce it, they'll produce it. If not, not. But this is all, all of this is because 
we don't get a break anymore. Used to be we go and have an election in November and then it's two years till the next election and we'd get about a year worth of a breather. You know, you'd have a little bit of time in between where uh, you may hear this person or that person saying they might be throwing their hat in the ring, but at a minimum, say between November and June of the following year, you didn't hear a whole lot about anything. You know, new congresses are coming in. Uh, things are getting rolling again. Holidays are over. Everybody's uh, looking at their bank accounts, wondering what they just did to themselves. And on all accounts, we get a little bit of a breather. You know, we get back to business as usual. Now we don't get that anymore. I mean, right after the November election, Donald Trump says he's going to run for president. Joe Biden was being pressured. And you're hearing all kinds of things coming out of the White House about that. People are nonstop talking about Ron DeSantis. Uh, Mitt Romney said he may throw his hat in the ring, which is. <laughs> laughable at best but I mean the, the point is is that we don't even get a pause in between we don't get the break that we used to get so since we're going into right away into the next election cycle Joe Biden is going to try to create as many uh, perceivable wins as he can he, if he wants to say gas prices are down because he wants to uh, tout that as he's doing something good for the American people because he knows that uh, he possibly may run again, and he knows that his image right now is that you're killing us in the economy. You're About 80% of Americans don't want you to run again, which that's all of us plus independence and some on your side want somebody new in there. So whether you're doing this to make yourself look good or make the Democratic Party look good, that's why you're doing what you're doing with gas. Now, no matter what Sleepy Creepy says... It may go down, but if you ever look at gas trends, gas always tends to go up in the summertime. So we're we're at a low point anyways, as we should be. Gas will continue to rise from this point going into the summer months, and then it tapers back off again. We, this is a cycle. We do this every time. So to tout at the beginning of the year that you are 13 cents slower than you were last year on a national average, I mean, is a, a joke in itself. You don't want to touch 2021 because you can't. You're still a dollar plus more than that. You know, during the Trump years, we didn't even go over $3 a gallon. We got close, got up to two ninety seven, but you didn't even go over, didn't go over $3 a gallon. For Joe Biden, we haven't been barely under $3 a gallon since he took office. I mean, you got up to over $5 a gallon at one point. So this guy ain't doing you no favors. Trump had a low of $1.93 on a national average in 2020. $1.93 a gallon. I mean, I was getting back to levels when I was a kid. Show you how much I've aged here in South Florida. When I started driving, the average gallon of gas was $1.07. So when I saw $1.93, I'm thinking, wow, I'm starting to get that old feeling back. Where you got a car with a 15 or 12, 15 or 18 gallon tank, you're walking in and you're filling the car up and you got a week's worth of gas for 20 bucks. That's what what, what it used to be. I remember when I would get paid, I had a little Mazda B2200 and you can picture me fitting inside of that if you want to. But I remember when I would go get paid, I'd put $10 of gas in, 10 bucks, and I'd be good for the week. You know, back then when, when people actually said, Hey, you know, gas money, people give you five bucks. And that was actually considered gas money. Nowadays it's like gas money, five bucks. Like buddy, that's a gallon. Well, we'll be done with that by the time I get you to the house. 
you got you got to come better than that. that. That just don't do it. Don't cut it anymore. So this illusion and this lie that they're trying to feed you is simply that. Don't buy into it. Don't drink the Kool-Aid because they're not doing you any favors. And believe me, this is going to be short-lived. Yeah, these company, we only have so much in strategic oil and these uh, communist nations that he likes to do business with, they do what they want to do. So the day that they want to raise it up, guess what? And it affects us directly as well. Disney. Oh yeah, Disney's doing well. I like it. I like this is good news for me. Disney has lost, sorry, I was flipping my paper here. Banking giant Wells Fargo has predicted in 2023, by the end of the year, that the Walt Disney Company, uh, which just brought back Bob Iger, is going to make some big changes to their cable lineup. It looks like they are probably going to end its ownership of ABC and ESPN. Now, I don't know how that, how well that goes for ESPN. I don't know who's going to pick them up. I don't really care. You know, sports in general, they've been on a decline. ESPN has been losing steadily about 10% of its viewership year over year. They were at 84 million in um, 2020. They're 76 million in in 2021, so they're down about 10%. And it's been trending in that direction. And the reason it's been trending in that direction, let's be honest, you you used to tune uh, tune into ESPN to watch simply sports. It was, you know. We got away from politics. You go on there, you, you're seeing all the the news on the players and anything surrounding sports. Them, their lifestyles, uh, all their little sports drama. This team hates that person, that person. This guy got fired. That person's on the injury list. That's what you used to tune in for. Who's winning? Everybody's excited. It was great. You detached from politics. You detached from all of this nonsense, and you got right to it, and you were entertained. Well, once they started interjecting politics into it back in when Colin Kaepernick decided that he was going to make a stand and wear his little uh, pig socks, pig cop socks, and, and take a knee on the sideline and be as disrespectful as he can to a country that gave him probably one of the greatest opportunities that any athlete could hope for. He just couldn't produce, so he had to figure out another way to make a name for himself. He was good enough to make it to that level, so he got him into the NFL, he performed average. They're not looking for average in the NFL. They're looking for exceptional. So his career starts fading away because he is not good enough to be there. And he changes course and figures that he has to find another way to stay relevant. So he goes down that route of disrespecting the United States, disrespecting police officers. And that was his bit. Nobody wants to tune in to watch that. And once they did that and ESPN embraced it and they started putting politics and everything. And now when you're listening to commentary, it's a mix of what's happening in the game and political nonsense. Nobody wants to hear it. That was the detach moment. That was the place you went to not to listen to people talk about politics, not to find people like me. I'm not the person to be there. People don't want that. So it's not a surprise they're losing viewership. As far as ABC goes, I don't watch cable. I don't have cable. I don't know what shows are on ABC, but if it's anything like Disney has been over the past four to five years, I'm sure it's just as woke. I'm sure that 
commercials there are only of either mixed race or a- anything anti-white. There, there ain't going to be no white people in commercials. I'm sure all the shows are blended out. There's no white people because, God forbid, you can't have a white family anymore. That's just, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's taboo to have that now. Yeah, I mean, God forbid. It's good to have a black family, an Asian family, Hispanic family, but God forbid if you have a white family. I mean, that's yeah, you're done. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, you can't represent white people. That's that's where that's where they're at in Hollywood. So I don't know what ABC's doing. I don't know what programming they have. I don't really care. Disney has been losing money for multiple reasons. Okay, I mean, first and foremost, they chose a woke path. You went down a path trying to, um, again, add politics to all of your content. And since you decided to inject that into everything, you decided to make very politically motivated shows, people don't want to see it. They're not consuming your content because of it. That's first and foremost. Second to that, Disney, that used to be the place, the Imagineers, Disney was, you know, they had the best movies, the best stories. Uh, it was top notch. Everything they did was top notch. Everything. Uh, you go to a theme park. I used to watch, um, I used to watch programs back in the day when we weren't having this woke issue that Disney would literally paint main street every single day. When the park closed down, the painting crew and the cleaning crew and everybody came out and they would paint it every single day, every night. They would touch it up, touch it up here, touch it up there. Uh, there'd be certain walls because people lean on them. They're a new fresh coat of paint every single night. I mean, that's how prestigious Disney was. That's how their content was. Their stories, uh, the animation, the computer, the, the CGI, everything was flawless. When Disney did a movie, I mean, it looked realistic. The Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones, they do close-ups on the guy's face, and he's an octopus. And at least at the time, maybe with the more high-def TVs that we have now, at least at the time, you couldn't even tell it was computer-generated. It was so good. Now everything is less, as as uh, Johnny Depp said in uh, what was it Alice in Wonderland movie, Disney's lost its muchness. Yeah. You've definitely lost your muchness. That that all that glimmer, all that everything they used to be is gone. So they don't create good content anymore. They have lessened themselves. So because of that, they're losing money. They got to find a way to stop the bleeding. Last year, they lost a hundred and twenty-three billion dollars. I mean, I there is not a company in the world that can withstand that for uh, any real period of time. They have to course correct, and they have to do it fast. They got to stop the bleeding, which means they're going to trim the fat. ESPN's bleeding viewership. ABC's probably doing the same thing. So what do you do? Ah, we're cutting them out. That Right there, that's going to save you some money. Second to that is going to be the content you make. You got to pull back on the politics. You got to pull back on the wokeness. You got to go in there and create excellent content once again, you got to put all that to the side. Iger said they were going to get back to storytelling. We'll see. <laughs> to be determined. Don't know if they're going to go that way or not. But one thing I do know is when you are on the board and you are majority shareholders there and you're seeing Disney at its stock prices at the lowest that they've been, you have to do something because you're going to lose your investment. I always tell you money makes the world go round. You know, and it, it, no matter how much people want to say that 
they're all in it to win it. You know, they're, uh, we, uh, we're all for the cause and the LGBTQ and the transgender and drag shows for kids. We're there with you guys, man. We're going to do it. No matter how much they say that, there is always the great neutralizer, which is money. Because when it comes down to it, if you're going to lose all your money, which means you no longer have any say, which means you no longer have a platform, it also means you're no longer making money. They are going to stop what they are doing. Trust me, it's going to happen. Disney will reverse course. Will they go 100% back the other direction? No, of course not. What will they do? They'll, they'll toe the line again like they used to. You know, Disney was very good about it. They were right there. You know, they would, they would always have a little something here or there, just enough to where you look at it and you kind of give it that, that side eye. And you're like, eh. But you would continue watching it anyways because it was just a brief second and it would pass on by. They went from that to just full-blown wokeness in everything that they do, which is why they're failing. If they come back to towing the line like they used to, you will recuperate a lot of what you've lost. Are they going to go that direction? You know, who knows? It depends on what their masters tell them. That's <laughs> what it's going to come down to. Depends on what the globalists and what their masters say that they must do. Uh, but again, money's the uh, money. Money talks. And if Disney goes, you know what? You know, we're not going to go down for you guys. We've been around almost a hundred years. And we're not going to just go belly up now for some woke nonsense. We'll create a couple little things here and there. But for the most part, we're just going to get back to storytelling. And we're going to leave politics 100% out of it. We'll see. It makes me happy. This is the only way these people learn. They have to get hit where it hurts. If they don't get hit where it hurts, they're not going to learn anything. Right now, Disney, on all accounts, just got kicked right in the nards. Okay? The family jewels are up in their throat. So hopefully they have learned their lesson. We'll have to wait and see. All right. The top five priorities for the new Congress that's coming in. Okay. What they should be. And then now some people are saying this is what they are going to do. You have some House members that are suggesting this, some Senate members that these are the basics that we need to get back to. And these are our priorities going forward. We'll see. Priority number one is secure the southern border. As much as I agree with them that that is a priority, their hands are very much tied right now. I don't see them getting a lot of traction there. I don't see that going in the direction that we would like it to go into to secure it for our country. But at least it's on the agenda. Uh, Reigning in big tech, we've been listening to Republican conservatives talking about reigning in big tech for... I don't know, the last six, seven years. Uh, Fact of the matter is they had opportunities to rein in big tech and they have not done it before. So I would, if that is their plan, if if that's the direction that they feel that they're going to go into, I'm all for it, but they need to actually do something about it. Again, with a split Congress, it's going to be limited on what you can and can't do. You can investigate people. You can pressure these companies to behave correctly. You can put some pressure on them, but it's limited on what can and can't be done right now. Expanding school choice. Expanding school choice is more of a local issue than uh, a federal issue, in my opinion. You can get that done locally, and it definitely needs to happen. I am a, a, a big fan of school choice. 
I don't feel that if you grew up in any particular area that you should be forced to go to schools in these low-income poverty areas where the school funding is low. Uh, they're F-rated schools. These kids aren't learning anything. I think kids should have the, abil- uh, the uh, availability to go to a school that makes sense for them, schools that lean in directions that maybe they're showing that they have a lot of interest in, if it's more of a techie school or if it's more of an art school, uh, more of a science-based school, whatever it is, if you can find a school in your local area, I also think it needs to get expanded to the the private sector and the private schools. These kids, there should be more options and more funding for these kids to uh, go to these private schools, especially religious institutions, um, to give them the best chance in life as possible. So I'm a big advocate for if you can get to the school, you can go to the school. If you have transportation to the school, you can't, you don't want to go to the school that's in your district because that is terrible. You should have that option. Uh, protecting domestic manufacturing. That's a must. One of the biggest problems we have in the United States is we don't manufacture hardly anything here anymore. Yeah, we found out real quick during the pandemic when we were having shortages on life-saving medication. Why is everything offshore? Why is everything in China? Not to mention, we used to be proud. Made in America. We make everything here. Our products are that much better. We need to get back. We need to bring that standard back. It needs to be made here. Made in America. Top-notch products made out of solid materials. Everything right now is garbage. It's throwaways. There's nothing hardly at all worth keeping anymore. It's all made out of cheap plastic or cheap particle board and crap. Nothing's worth keeping. It's not like back in the day, your mom and dad's furniture, you beat the living hell out of that furniture and it would still be standing. Nowadays, you buy these new couches and whatnot in a year and a half, two years from now, they're run down looking, look like they've been sat on for 30 years and they're ready to go in in the garbage just so you have to consume and buy another one. I'm sure it's all by design, but we need to start getting back to some manufacturing here in in the United States. I mean... Furniture and, and things like that are great. Life-saving drugs is like a necessity. I, I don't even know why we are offshoring that, but you know, they love China, so everything seems to go to China at some point. And balancing the budget, for God's sakes. For God's sakes. You think we could balance the budget? I just reported yesterday uh, under Mitch McConnell's watch, he absorbed, or we, our debt grew, let's say, by $20 trillion. You think we could have some responsible people in Washington go in there and say, this is our budget. This is how much we have in a year. And say to themselves, all right, let's trim the fat everywhere. We cannot exceed this amount. We have to stay on target. Just like any good household, you got to stay on target. Stay on target with your money, Okay. And even say to themselves, you know what, we should try to work it backwards as much as we can and start reducing the national debt, even though the chances of us getting it down to zero are pretty slim. If you are working decade upon decade and you're chipping away a little bit at a time and it's not growing, eventually with natural inflation over time, eventually you're going to get to a point where the debt is not so bad. I mean, can we get some people to be fiscally responsible in Washington? Is it really that difficult? I mean, my God, people, we elect you to do a good job. We don't elect you guys to just continue this this spiral downwards. We elect you guys to get in there and do what is right for the country. Putting us further and further in debt is not good for the country. 
the future generations coming up will never, ever get out of that debt. Ever. If you start being responsible now, we can taper off the debt, maybe start working backwards. It, it, it may take 30, 40 years till you see something significant like, wow, we've reduced the debt by you know $5 trillion. Better that we reduce it by five than add five more on. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it, it's this is not hard stuff. In, in Washington, it's hard because everybody's got a, a dirty little wish list that they want to throw money at. But here in the real world, it's not hard. Be responsible with the taxpayer dollars because it's all of our money. All right, that'll do it for me today. I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, please rate and view me. It's always great help, especially on Apple. If you'd like to check out anything else, I do littlejoecc.com. If you want to contact me, go to the contact section. Beyond that, I hope you have a beautiful day. We will do it again tomorrow. Thank you.